North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. We have our special guest back on the show, Dr. Anna Kabeca, such a good friend of mine. So happy to have her back on the show to talk about a very important topic that so many women can relate to. This is about menopause and having a magical menopause experience. And yes, it, it is possible. You don't have to suffer through that transition in your life. And so she's here to share some of her insights and how to make this a beautiful, smooth process. So a little bit about Dr. Kabeca. She is a board certified gynecologist and obstetrician, as well as board certified in anti-aging and regenerative medicine, an expert in functional medicine, and an expert in women's health. She specializes in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and natural alternatives, successful menopause, and age management medicine. Her belief is that the advantages of creating health and hormone balance are that we not only improve our own health, but also improve the health of our generations to follow. It's bigger than us. There's a ripple effect with all of this health stuff we're talking about. Dr. Kabeca, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's good to be here as always. Love being interacting with you and just enjoying getting the word out. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And you're on your second launch of your program, Magic Menopause, and you had an amazing experience with the first launch. Tell us about what that experience was like. Yeah, absolutely. So we had um, 130 menopausal women, and really the ages ranged from 38 to 73 that um, were in our group, and we took them through my hormone balancing nutrition lifestyle program and giving them the tools and the methods and kind of the accountability, a really big one on the accountability and guidance through. And what we went from was like haywire hormones all over the place. Maybe there's been some grouchiness in there too, (laughs) to some really good like love, connection, camaraderie, feeling balanced, energized. I think one of our ladies lost over 20 pounds and, you know, everyone just felt better in their bodies and more in their bodies. That makes sense. Mm, I think that's really cool. And, and also like with the weight loss piece, it's the, the focus was probably not weight loss. It was probably just creating balance, you know, balancing your hormones. And that just happens to happen as a side effect. Yes, absolutely. And that's a beneficial side effect of health mm-hmm. and getting that energy. And also there's that piece of spiritual connection too that you know build into the program, but is part of our transitional phase, like really being connected in a at a higher plane, right? At a yeah. higher level and brought that piece in too. And it really did um, create some beautiful interaction, support, camaraderie 
And that was beautiful to see that happen. Mm. I'm excited to dive more into the program in a little bit, but want to just take a step back. And for those of my listeners who maybe didn't hear our first show, we did a show on, I think it was called Rock and Holiday Hormones or Happy Hormones Through the Holidays or something like that. It was one of my top listened to shows. So people really think hormones are important and are, can relate to that. So that was a really fun show. So, but if they didn't hear that show, what's give us a little bit of a background of why are you interested in hormones? Did you always have balanced hormones yourself or did you deal with your own stuff? Oh my gosh. Right. Like I've <laughs> been to hormone hell, right? There's gotta be a stronger word for that. That doesn't even cover it. Right. And, um, from dealing with, in, you know, infertility, premature menopause, early ovarian failure at 39, um, being told I would never have another child again, and then to really restoring the balance of healthy hormones, restoring the physical balance and the regaining fertility, having my now eight-year-old beautiful blessing, Ava Marie, and kind of restoring the health. And then when menopause hit, like high stress states would kick me out of hormone balance, but then menopause hit and it was just a whole nother dimension, right? So I turned 50 just recently. And, um, and so I, about two years ago, just started struggling. The things I used to do just weren't working as well. Like I, I couldn't maintain, I couldn't stay level with my weight, with my energy level with, you know, my brain memory issues. And I knew something was missing. And so that led me to dig deeper, dig back into seriously research from a hundred years ago, trying to put pieces together to figure out, okay, what, what could be going on with our hormones now that what we, you know, I I heard it from patients all the time. What I used to do doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, well, what's the missing piece? And so finding that, discovering that was key. And that, really helped me uh, be a, you know, better in my body, physically healthy, you know, again, restoring menstrual cycles again, don't let that scare anyone off. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but really just regaining that energy and that clarity and, you know, the memory and just the cognitive ability, which is a really big part of our, our life and our quality of life. And so, so that was, you know, that's been kind of my self exploration in it. And then as part of my, um, you know, recognizing what missing keys were putting them together, I ran a test group through and then created, you know, the programs to help other people with it too. Yeah. Well, they say that hindsight is always 2020. So if you could look back now and see what could have led up to early ovarian failure at age 39, what do you think could have led to that for you? Mm, That's a great question. And, um, absolutely stress. Mm -hmm. It was total stress, grief. Um, you know, the body goes into survival mode, high acidity, right? Hormone depletion. So stress kind of created and post-traumatic stress created a continuum of hormonal depletion. And I think it's really important to recognize, and I see it in women who are struggling for fertility, the high level of stress that surrounds their struggle for fertility, for becoming pregnant, and especially if they're going through fertility treatments, there's a whole other level of of stress and intensity and, oh my gosh, grief when that pregnancy test comes back negative, or if you've suffered a miscarriage that just surrounds that, and that continues to take a toll on our hormones and our hormonal balance. So regaining that, you know, regaining that hormonal balance is, is key, essential. And this is where 
bioidentical hormones do help and mm-hmm. lifestyle changes are essential because like, I, I tell people all the time, nutrition and exercise are only 25% of the picture. There's, you know, 75% is our environment, our lifestyle, other dimensions. So we can't just rely on nutrition and exercise. It's a, it's a big piece, but it's not the only piece. And that's why most diets and other programs fail is because we're just relying on what we eat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also that the body's resilient and that it can heal. And obviously it did that for you after ovarian failure at 39, you went and had a child after, right? Yeah, at 42. It's amazing. So what did you find that was some of the, what, what was some of the missing pieces? So obviously I would assume you, you started to look at the stress and deal with that piece. And then what are some other things that you felt like were game changers for you? Yeah, well, definitely, like what happens, what I recognized in in the experience of post-traumatic stress disorder was that chronic underlying elevated cortisol until a point your body is kind of frying out your brain Mm -hmm. um, and your body has to put a break on the secretions of cortisol. So cortisol kind of gets depleted, um, stays low, and so you get into this what's called adrenal dysregulation or adrenal fatigue type state, but it's not that the adrenal glands are malfunction. It's that your really your paraventricular nucleus is putting a break. So an area of your brain is putting a break on cortisol. But that same area of your brain governs our connection hormone, our love and bonding hormone. And I want to make that connection because when we're under high stress, it's hard to feel connected, loving, or lovable. And that leads to a lot of loneliness and lonely feelings and depression. It's a function of the physiology. It's not a function of your quality. So I really want to make that point because we Mm -hmm. feel broken when we've had long-term stress or we have burnout from work. We no longer love the job, but it's a function of physiology and restoring that through getting alkaline, through balancing hormones, using our mother hormones, progesterone, pregnenolone, using adaptogens like maca in, in combinations are great, but using nutrients and lifestyle kind of breaking that cycle is really important. I found that it it does start with gratitude journaling. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to find things to be grateful for. I was at a place where I had to make it up. And, um, but, Mm -hmm. you know, gratitude journaling and and getting that positive mindset that anything I say or speak will be framed in a positive way. And that's a discipline. That's one of the key disciplines in practice. And there are six others that I go through too in the programs but that's a really big one because mm-hmm. we've got to reframe our physiology and also recognize that missing piece. So, Lauren, when I um, went through and I healed my body, I didn't understand that cortisol-oxytocin connection. Mm-hmm. So I was able to restore my physical health and my fertility, but I didn't restore my relationship, and my relationship ended in divorce. And that I put you know, information. I was really transparent in that, in my sexual CPR program that I put together, mm-hmm. people reclaim partnership because, okay, I could heal the body, but if I don't heal the relationship, I've totally missed it. Yeah. Right. And, and healing that relationship piece is so essential. And that's that hormonal piece. That's cortisol and oxytocin and that connection piece. Mm-hmm. So, so we haven't really talked about oxytocin much on the show. We're actually going to be doing a show in the future all about oxytocin. But just briefly, what is it for people who haven't heard of, of what that hormone is? 
Uh, oxytocin is absolutely my favorite hormone. It is the best mm-hmm. hormone. I consider it the crowning, you know, the crown gem of all hormones. It is our love and bonding hormone, the hormone of connection. Now, Lauren told you I was a, I'm a gynecologist and obstetrician, and if you've had a baby, you know about the hormone oxytocin in pregnancy. We give it to you IV when you're in labor, and that's called pitocin. That's to help your uterus contract. So we are designed to have increasing amounts of oxytocin, this love and bonding hormone, when we give birth. Right, and we feel it, our family feels it, we emanate it, right? Mm. It just oozes from us, and then we see this life, and we're so connected to them in a way that no one could have explained to us. Mm-hmm. That's that's an oxytocin, that's an energetic bond that's formed when you breastfeed. The oxytocin or nipple stimulation will increase oxytocin. It's also during orgasm, right? That's a hormone of connection. So, we, um, you know, orgasm, intercourse, sexual touch. Um, massage, facials, I mean, things that we enjoy, laughter increases oxytocin. So Mm -hmm. there are many ways to increase oxytocin other than giving birth or having sex. There are many, many ways. And those are tied with activities that we really enjoy. Increase oxytocin decreases cortisol. Mm, I love that. I read that hugging for more than 20 seconds increases oxytocin. Yes. <laughs> so hold that hug. Even if it's a little awkward, you get oxytocin for yourself and, and for your person you're hugging. <laughs> yes. And, you know, during weddings, like the whole idea of the wedding ritual, you think about this. Paul Zach did some studies of this checking blood during a wedding. And so next to the bride, the woman with the most oxytocin is the mother of the bride, right? Right. So excited. But oxytocin is used during these celebrations to really create a protective village to... Um, help and assist this couple who's getting married. So that oxytocin that is, you know, spread among this community, shared love and celebration is really to help cement that marriage even Mm -hmm. closer and that those people around them. Mm. So I love that. um, Yeah. The ceremonial aspects of that. Mm -hmm. It's juicy stuff. I love that. So for people who, who are listening who are maybe suspecting that they're going through some menopause changes, you know, we hear of the things like hot flashes, night sweats, the things that we probably kind of think of. What would be some other clues this might be something I'm, I'm going through? Yeah, and often we can see the hormonal changes or imbalances early on, including with irregular cycles, PMS, breakthrough bleeding, um, you know, uh, having ovarian cyst formation early, you know, in the age 35 or above, sometimes it's associated with just your body trying to compensate. Um, so hot flashes, definitely mood swings. And this is something I always tell my clients. If you only hate your husband two weeks a month, it's probably not your husband, right? It's more likely your hormones. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So, so things to consider, but definitely those are aspects, but also vaginal dryness, yeah. And that can create a decreased interest in sex because honestly, if you have pain every time you have sex or have a discharge after every time you have sex, why would you want to have sex? So vaginal dryness is a big issue. And so really big on when I lecture and train physicians talking about using vaginal hormone therapy and certain vulvar creams, things like that, that can really help mm-hmm. with this vaginal dryness actually have just because there's nothing out there over the counter that really works. I just created, I don't think I told you, Lauren, is that my DHEA vulvar cream is coming out and we hey. put it 
Yeah, some alpine stem cells, some emu oil, coconut oil, just a really nourishing vulvar cream because many women going through menopause have this vaginal dryness, this vulvar irritation, are more susceptible to infections, and that decreases their interest in sex with their partner also increases incontinence. And so want to keep this level healthy for me, for my clients, mm-hmm. you know, and make it accessible. Yeah. And one of the things that women oftentimes don't connect is when they get recurrent UTIs or bladder infections that can be associated with, with hormones changing down below, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, the sex the treatment is usually antibiotics or even continued antibiotics. And mm-hmm. it's, it's the opposite of what you know, we want our clients to do. Right. Absolutely. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about bioidenticals just for a few minutes. We've talked about this a little bit on the show, but it's a very controversial topic about using bioidenticals. Some women, it's like, no way. If I use this, I'm going to get cancer because of all the things I've heard. Other women, it's like, give it to me because I, you know, I want to deal with all these different symptoms and they, and they may know of some of the research that we know of. So what's your take on bioidenticals? Yeah, I think I think bioidentical hormones in, you know, prescribed in low dosages are very very safe in the right patient's hands, mm-hmm. right? So what I would do in my practice was when I'm using additional hormonal therapy, I'm only using bioidentical hormones and typically compounding them in a easily absorbable and measurable form, I would make sure that the client is being compliant. Like, how's your nutrition? Are you detoxing regularly? You know, if you're driving through and you're not, ex- if you're driving through for dinners every night, you know, there's that once mm-hmm. in a while exceptions that we'll make. But if we're driving through for dinner and we're not exercising and we're not taking care of ourselves and we're under high stress and we're like a heart attack waiting to happen, um, you're probably not going to get bioidentical hormones from me. But with that said, making those lifestyle shifts and adding bioidentical hormones, it's, you know, synergistically beneficial. A big, you know, big ones that I really feel are beneficial, especially early on, is when we're dealing with the estrogen dominance from age, you know, mid-30s, 35 onward, is adding bioidentical progesterone cream. And I think that, or, or in a trochee or an oral, there are different ways you can take it. But there's so much controversy and misunderstanding about it because bioidentical progesterone is 100% safe, right? Mm. And we can say that nearly without exception. And the progestins that are in birth control pills that are in synthetic hormone replacement therapy that are our standard for prescribing are not the same thing as bioidentical progesterone. They have a worse cardiovascular profile. They have a worse uh, thrombolic profile. So you're more likely to have issues with a synthetic progestin. Mm -hmm. But what the research showed that very specifically studied bioidentical progesterone was that there was no increased risk of breast cancer in these clients. But where it gets confusing is when it's studying progestins and, you know, cumulative effect of progestins yeah, that will increase your risk of breast cancer. Yeah, it's a completely different molecule that you're taking in, your natural progesterone versus a synthetic progestin. So I love that you um, you know touched on that difference. And, and one of the, the, the things that a lot of women deal with, and I hear of in my practice, I'm sure you do as well, is 
once they're going through that transition with the hormones, they find that their metabolism just plummets. It's just, they get that midsection weight gain and just feel like, like you said, they're what, what they used to do doesn't work anymore. The same workout, same diet, you know, and they're finding these changes. So, so what's up with that and how can we kind of shift that into more of a fat burning mode? Oh my gosh, you know, I mean, that really was the bane of my existence for the last couple years until it figured it out. Yeah. And I was like, well, what's happening? Because my hormones haven't changed. You know, this is just seeming like, you know, I'm, I'm doing more and getting less results. And I climbed up the scale 10 pounds. I bumped back down a couple. Then the next thing it was 20 pounds. You know, and I tipped the scales at over 170. And I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Because listen, you remember I've been 240 pounds. There's no way I want to go back up there. I forget that about you. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have had tremendous hair loss, weight loss resistant, totally. So I, I've come a long way. And then when that scale started creeping up at 48, I was like, whoa, you know, I have got, you know, what is going on here? And then at, at 49, my dad, and I was struggling, you know, I would do my detox, bump back down 10, but not be able to hold it there. It was a struggle to hold it without feel like I'm starving myself. Yeah. And, and so my dad, you know, came to live with me, he's 90 and he had, um, a, a health issue. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, well, let me, you know, I know ketogenic diets work. So, I know this will be good for my dad, his kidneys, et cetera. Let me work with him on this. And so I really worked on getting our family on the ketogenic diet. I'm like, I get on a ketogenic diet, but I like, it is not for women because I go keto crazy is the term I coined. I'm like, right. keto crazy. Like I have my neurotransmitters. I need more carbs than this. What the heck's going on? And so I'm like, well, I'm going to try it again with dad. Cause I tried it 10, a decade ago, right? been in this for 20 years, this field. So um, it, so it was like, nope, can't recommend it because go keto crazy. Women go keto crazy on this diet. We're just not going to do it. Right. So I'm going through this again with dad and I'm like, well, what's going on? So I start, you know, I kind of finally put one and one together. I'm like, okay, well my detox, I really make sure that I'm alkaline. How am I, am I staying alkaline on this? Cause you've stopped testing. Yeah. And so I checked and I was so acidic. I was like pH of five in my urine. Again, this nothing to do with our blood. That's a whole nother discussion. Stay, you know, a blood pH stays very balanced, but in our urine, we want to look acidity versus alkalinity. And we want our pH of our urine to be seven or better, seven or higher. So on the alkaline scale. And so I was really acidic. So I had to work and as, as healthy as I eat, I mean, I had to add more greens, add more alkalinizers, you know, double up on my Mighty Maca, adding apple cider vinegar and just kind of, again, I'm also a caretaker at that time. So I'm under high stress. I was inside a lot more. And so I had to recognize it's not just what I'm eating, but what I'm doing. And then when I got alkaline and into ketosis, it was like light bulbs. I mean, seriously, like fireworks. My, I felt like clear, ener- I call it energized enlightenment. I mean, mm. I seriously feel like that's what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was keto alkaline, right? <laughs> You know, these, um, yeah, monks, et cetera, they're on like these, they're keto, they must be keto alkaline because you've got this higher spiritual collection, connection. So then I went to back to research it. And so that's when I dug up, you know, really remote research, but nothing's been done on women ever, ever. So the first, this is like the first program 
that women have ever gone through to be keto alkaline, which is so exciting. And then to see the results, like we need this, but our metabolism stops, so has slowed down with these hormonal shifts. But getting into this state, really, I mean, I had to, I was able to stop my thyroid medicine, reduced my hormones by a quarter, dropped 20 pounds in six weeks, you know, I mean, without really like feeling good, feeling energetic, worked out harder, more flexible, and, and you know, just having the energy despite, you know, my life situation didn't change, but my perceptions of it and my control of it did change. So shifting that, the pH that you were working on, and so you were checking this in your urine, you're finding that bringing in more of the alkaline foods, the apple cider vinegar, you, you increase more of your, the Mighty Maca formula, so all of this you found you became more alkaline, and then you noticed that the, the pounds... The pounds started to come off, right? Right. Wow. That's really cool. I think that that's, that's so huge. I'm so glad you brought that up because I love the idea of ketogenic diets in general, but I was, I've been finding that with women, it doesn't really work for a long period of time because again, it slows their thyroid down. Their adrenals start to slow down. They go crazy. Like you said, their neurotransmitters, it just, it doesn't work. And also sleep is affected in a big way. So shifting things where you're looking at the pH and, you know, adding in. So did you add in more carbs or is it just shifting the pH? Really shifting the pH and making sure I'm getting enough carbs. So uh, from greens, Uh so looking at your net carbs. So if I'm eating, you know, a bag full of greens, right, kale or or spinach or beet greens, let me tell you, that's a huge alkalinizer, Mm. um, that you will... um, you'll end up with some more total carbs, but you're let you're less net carbs. And that seems to make a difference too. So there's a fine line for women. I mean, I feel like we need 35 grams of carbs, but they've got to be really good alkalinizing carbs when we're mm. using them. So, so 25 to 35 grams is kind of the sweet spot for women going below that doesn't seem beneficial at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, you definitely struggle with the acidity as well. So, uh, that's kind of like, I don't like, I'm not a big number uh, counter. Like I know, never know calories and not since the 1980s when I was counting <laughs> calories all the time. Right. So, that's good to hear. Yeah. So I don't count calories. I don't really look, but I kind of just in awareness of the carbs and initially making sure getting enough protein and fat, but you've really got to modify it. That's why testing is so important. Checking your urine pH and ketones. And I don't think that we're designed to stay in ketosis a long time. So, you know, there's feast days and there's, you know, days off. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's really natural, especially with our lifestyle. We can't obsess over it. Yeah. Uh, so getting kind of just keeping in that general framework, but maybe bumping into ketosis three days a week or, you know, a week or two a month is awesome. Yeah. And checking your urine is fine. Now the critics will say, we, you know, we become keto adaptive and you're not going to see ketones in your urine. Well, that is true, but I have yet to find a woman in, you know, my sphere who is keto adaptive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we pretty much have a glass of wine and a piece of chocolate and we are out of ketosis, y'all. Right. right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so can, can a woman have a, an occasional glass of wine or chocolate and still be able to do this kind of program? <laughs> it's so fun. You know, so I created just these urine test strips to measure pH and ketones specifically. So, because I don't want anything else to distract me. Right. Yeah. And the, in our long medical test strips, right. We were looking at 10 things. I'm like, I just want the ketones and the pH. Mm-hmm. And so, um, with 
with just checking, you can determine. So when you get into that great keto alkaline status, that's when I kind of go like, well, how much wine can I have? How many <laughs> of chocolate can I have and still stay keto alkaline? <laughs> so I think it, but it does, it's not just what we eat, right? So getting out for a long hike for two hours, you know, in nature, walking on the beach for 30 minutes or, you know, getting outside is going to help you become more alkaline than bags of greens. Mm. So really remembering that reducing cortisol is key. So I kind of put the connection in between getting alkaline and in ketosis with balancing our cortisol and our insulin and how important that is. And then remember just the added importance of our hormone oxytocin that we stay connected, stay connected in our relationship, especially in our families in our homes, et cetera. Uh-huh. So let's make this real practical. We'll, let's jump into the life of Dr. Anna Kabeca when you're really, <laughs> no perfectionism to it. <laughs> I'm just seeing your face right now. It's really cute. So, and people <laughs> listening, I, you can't see, I'm looking at Dr. Kabeca on the video and she's adorable. So um, what, walk us through kind of like a, a good example of what this would look like, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and I'm sure every day isn't like that, but um, how would this actually look, you know, throughout the day? Oh, yeah, because you definitely didn't want to be part of my day this morning. My <laughs> eight-year-old, that gorgeous child, is having a hypochondriacal moment. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, like in, in, you know, again, I am totally not perfect. I, you know, should be in that movie, Bad Moms. Did you see that movie? <laughs> I like, haven't. I, have, I want to see I it so all bad. Of all of them. Have oh, you yeah. seen it? Is it good? Hysterical. I have to see I that. Uh, with hysterical, right? I did a Facebook live video on it too. Oh my God. I'll watch it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like totally in this crazy, y'all, I'm a single mom trying to do the best I can managing business and children, two teen, well, 17, eight year old, 17, 20 and 28 year old. Okay. So, but if I have to start my day and my ideal day is to start with just reading my devotional, I read a devotional pretty much every day and at some time of the day, but it's best for me when I get up in that quiet space before the rest of the house does. And I just have, you know, five to 15 to an hour with my devotional. And that's important. That's so important to me. Mm -hmm. And I'll drink, I'll go downstairs to my kitchen and I'll make my mighty maca elixir. I'll do a shot or two or mighty maca, mix in some apple cider vinegar and some lemon juice and some water. And you can, and chug that down. And that gets my digestive juices going and really starts alkalinizing me. When I first wake up too, I'll drink a tall glass of water. I keep filtered water by my bedside Mm -hmm. because, you know, we dehydrate overnight and we want to hydrate and support our kidneys. So water also helps with alkalinization. So then I'll have my Mighty Maca and then I'll make my keto coffee. So I'll have my beautiful cup of rich coffee. I like a strong espresso coffee. And I'm not like, you know, not a lot, like a half a cup. And then I'll add um, one egg yolk from a free range and then add a little bit of coconut oil and a little bit of ghee or some cocoa butter. Blend that up. Sometimes I'll add some cinnamon and and vanilla. And so I've got healthy and blend that in my little vintage Vitamix, which I love my vintage Vitamix. (laughs) And um, I'll drink that coffee first thing. So I'm getting healthy fats, getting then getting the kids up and off to school at some point, dragged out the door, thrown on the bus, (laughs) (laughs) driven and dropped off at a slow speed, you know, whatever it may be, and then go to the gym and then that quick workout. And I'll have a shake for lunch. 
after my workout and then uh, a dinner will, you know, or what you, have a, what do you, so I'll stop you. What do you put in the shake? What's like a, a good shake for you? So for me, I use my keto alkaline protein powder. So that's the protein mix, one or two scoops, depending on what else I'm putting in it. I'd love to add almond butter in it. Sometimes I just throw a handful of greens in, a slice of ginger, you know, water and ice. And that's pretty much it. That's my mm. quickie shake. And I'll drink that, and that'll be my post-workout. And then I, we eat an early dinner. So we'll have an early dinner when um, kids are home from school, and that'll be a beautiful, I'll call it keto-alkaline meal. So for last night, we had um, wild sockeye salmon with on a bed of just spinach. I just cooked the salmon in a bunch of purified butter, and... Um, put seasoning on it. This was mm -hmm. my quick dinner, y'all. Mm -hmm. Through the Once they were cooked, I threw spinach on top of the pan and cooked them in there too. Like, <laughs> I don't want to mess with two pans. Right, right. And then vegetable, another vegetable on the side. For Ava, she wants corn. Well, that's not going to help me with ketosis. So I had the extra um, potatoes, um, the extra um, greens in that. But then, so that would be it. And, um, and, and, you know, that's pretty much when you get keto alkaline, you're really not that hungry and you'll find that your body uses your food more efficiently and extracting more nutrients from it. So mm. that's my day. And I may have some bone broth at night or some hot tea at night before bed, something like that. Or a snack might be nuts if I felt like I had to, but I really try to keep away from snacking because that's going to affect our insulin level. And, um, you know, we don't want that. So yeah, those were yeah. those are just different. That's kind of how I created my my lifestyle now, and that's simplified so much for me. Mm -hmm. and, and so, if so you get um, a sugar craving or just need just need a little something, what do you do? Fats, okay. healthy fats. Yeah, and actually, a, a trick that I learned for sugar cravings. You want me to share it with yes, you? Yes, please. So this is, you know, like this is a really good trick. So if you have sugar cravings, really what your body needs is fats. You know, Lauren, you know this with your clients. So what it would have my clients do is if they had sugar cravings, and in the past I've had it really bad, and um, would have them drink four ounces of the purified cod liver oil. So, you know, uh, whichever cod liver oil you recommend, you know, we can get from the health food store, the Nordic Naturals, but a good, pure cod liver oil. Um, and just four ounces, put it chilled in overnight in the fridge, and then after 15 hours of fasting, so nothing to eat for 15 hours from the night before, so say if it's, you know, 12 in the morning or something, um, you'll, when you get up at that time, drink the four ounces of the cod liver oil. You can squirt a little bit of lemon juice in it. It kind of cuts the oil and the bitterness, but it looks like just pretend it's beer and you're just <laughs> chugging beer down. I mean, it's like, you don't even want to think about it. And by the last ounce that goes in, you just want to have chugged that down. Let me tell you. <laughs> and then wait an hour or two and then have a beautiful green salad for lunch with just a vinegar and olive oil dressing. And you will not have sugar cravings. Again, the idea is to kind of starve the cells and then give them the fats they need. And lo and behold, you will not have another sugar craving, if only for the idea that you never want to drink that cod liver oil again. <laughs> 
I wonder how much of it is just the dread of possibly doing it again. <laughs> I tell you, I like I had do not crave sugar anymore. <laughs> I had to do it twice. Oh That's my it. gosh! And I was the person who like you couldn't leave a box of chocolate around me. The box would be gone. I would think about, you know, the next meal as soon as I've eaten the first meal. You know, I right. was I had huge cravings. Right. Well, Lisa wasn't castor oil. <laughs> no, no. Oh. oh my goodness. Um, okay. So then let's, I, I love food as medicine. I know we love talking about this. So some of the kind of the superstar foods for creating more of an alkaline state, what would that be? Those would be greens. What are some other things you love to add in that can really get your body there too? Oh yeah, definitely. Your leafy greens, spinach, beet greens are my favorite and y'all, they are really bitter, but if you cook them in a ton of butter and squeeze lemon juice over them when you're done, add some good Himalayan sea salt. They are delicious. You will crave them. And then you can eat them cold the next day. You know, we've, I've throw, I threw away beet greens for the last, you know, whatever years of my life. I just started using them because I found out they were such good alkalinizers. Right. And, um, it's tremendously delicious. So kale, of course, kale chips, all those things are very good alkalinizers. Maca is another alkalinizing, um, herb. So, or root, and that is, that's also very alkalinizing. And certain things that can be acidic in, in consistency are alkalinizing to our bodies. So they, that's where people get really confused. Like lemons are alkalinizers. Limes are alkalinizers. And so a little bit of lemon, a little bit of lime in your drinks, et cetera, just definitely do help with regaining your alkalinity, but also getting drinking mineral water. Mineral water, again, minerals are alkalinizing. And we women especially get nutrient depleted. Y'all, we lose blood every month, right? Mm. So we are we continually need to make sure that we're getting plenty of good minerals in our in our foods and our in our um, in our nutrition and our vitamins. Mm. And that's an important add. And I find that many women need to add on minerals to their to their diet to really help them maintain alkalinity too, unless you've really got a very good organic greens diet. So again, possible, you just have to work at it. The other thing too, that I didn't mention in part of my day is getting outside each day. And it's hard. We work at home sometimes and mm. my office is seven minutes away. So making an effort to get out for a bike ride, get out for a walk, get out, you know, of my climate controlled existence is a crucial part of every day. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. Part 100%. Of oh yeah, for sure. And so we've kind of touched a little bit on, on Mighty Maka and we talked about it in a previous show, but I just want to have you share with my listeners about what it is. Cause I absolutely love it. And I've, what I've lately been doing is actually doing a little test session, a little taste session in my office with my patients. We'll just pour a little bit and drink some together. And it's, it's just really nice because it's actually a drink that's not gross and it has greens in it. And whenever I find a non-gross greens drink, it makes me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny because um, my it is, it's delicious. My goddaughter who's two has been drinking it. You know, my daughter's been drinking it for years now. And it is it actually, Ava was part of my formula for Mighty Maca 2, reformulating it to make it taste even better. My original formula tasted good, but my this one tastes even better. And so it's a great add to your green smoothies, to your green drinks and your juices and stuff. It takes out some of the bitterness that's in those too. 
makes it really nice. But um, so Mighty Maca came about not intentionally, you know, part of my recovery process was I took, I left my medical practice for a year and um, we took my family and we traveled around the world. It was our exploration, our healing journey. During that time too, I I explored with traditional medicine, with some of the leaders, leading physicians of our Western, you know, of our medical institutions around the world too. And I was just blessed to meet with a variety of different people that God really put in my path, you know, for mm. his glory, his blessings and, and blessing us as a family too. But so from traditional healers and studying traditional medicine, you know, I grew up as food as medicine and, and learning about maca and acerola and mangosteen and, you know, spirulina and different greens and, uh, you know, um, una de gato, and then, you know, understanding resveratrol and, you know, different extracts. So I just like explored and studied and researched and kind of just started putting things together. For me, maca was a big part of it, of my healing journey, but I couldn't stand the taste. I was like, oh, I cannot gag every time I drink this. I just had an aversion to it. Mm-hmm. So I started mixing other things with it to make it taste better. And lo and behold, you know, that just really helped me. So when we came back to the United States and I was like, God, I, I missed my formula, you know, and so I started recreating it. And then I, I went and created a small initial batch, 500 canisters, which seemed huge for me because it was like me and my family are going to drink this. But so <laughs> I did it with my patients. And so it kind of spread word of mouth. And now, you know, it's around the world and it's been pretty much word of mouth marketing. Wow. And um, yeah, so it helped with hormone balance, helps address cortisol by supporting the adrenals, helps address insulin by its alkalinizing benefits. And just as a beautiful combination of anti-inflammatory ingredients that support all our cytokines and the, those pathways, so decreasing the inflammatory pathways. Mm-hmm. So it really helped so many patients and it was just kind of, it was fun. Um, and now it's been, you know, it's kind of its own, its own mission of itself and that, you know, a percentage of all sales go to a foundation to help healthy mommies, strong, healthy babies. And, cool. and so it gives back and it's been beautiful. How much of that do you take now? Still. Well, like today I probably had three scoops. It's just been a busy day, but I'll probably take between two to three scoops, maybe five days a week on a a pretty regular basis. It depends on stress, but y'all school has started back here in the South. (laughs) And there's like, you know, I have a senior and a third grader and I'm like 50 with a third grader is a whole nother dimension. (laughs) I bet you need extra maca on some of those days. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I love, I love what you've created. I think it's really amazing. And, um, and like I said, it, it tastes really good. So that's, that's always really nice too. Um, You know, for me, it's like when something's healthy, I'll just chug it down. I'll hold my nose and just chug it. But it's always nice when I can actually enjoy something. So (laughs) Um, in naturopathic school, we we just would taste the nastiest things. You know, I remember trying certain types of tinctures and stuff. And we just try a drop of it and it almost knocks you off your socks because it's just so gross. (laughs) But all all in the name of health, right? Right. So, so Doc, are there any other points that you wanted to touch on that we haven't chatted about? Um, we talked about menopause, talked about keto alkaline states, and um, I don't, I'm trying to think if there's anything I really wanted to touch on that I'm, I'm forgetting about. I think that's everything, you know, and to test, not guess, right? right. Just to assume that your diet is healthy because you've got to look and see how is your body using what you're eating and doing, 
That's key. Yes. And so by that meaning like checking the urine, right? And also well, seeing yeah. the doctor and having them run, you know, all the different labs. Yeah. Hormone testing. Yeah. Checking your urine, pH and ketones. Um, easy, super easy, super inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, hormone testing and inflammatory marker testing too. So you kind of really get those markers. It's not part of our standard medical practice to do those testing. Yeah. That testing. So really... Getting with a doctor that knows, like yourself, is so valuable to be able to direct people with the right types of functional tests and, you know, looking at serum markers that really give us a lot of information years before disease develops. Yes, definitely. So what I see are essential tests for women to get if they're wanting to look into their hormones would be a full thyroid panel. So we're going to be looking at the TSH free T3, free T4, both of the thyroid antibodies. And we've done previous shows on thyroid. You guys can listen more on that. For hormones, we want to look at your estrogen, your progesterone, your DHEA, and your testosterone. And I lately have loved doing hormone testing through the, through the urine, actually. I've been running through Dutch labs, and I'm absolutely loving the information I'm getting. If you guys want to learn more about that, we'll put a link in the show notes. And we did a show with Dr. Carrie Jones um, through the Dutch labs and talking a little bit more about what that testing looks like. And, um, and also with that, too, we're able to look at your adrenals, too, like we've been talking about on the show tonight. tonight. So uh, looking at your cortisol, we actually can look at your melatonin. That's your sleep hormone. So kind of get the full picture. And it's just really nice to have that data rather than, like Dr. Kabeka said, you don't want to guess when you can test, get the information. Are there any other labs that you can think of, Doc, that I didn't mention? Well, those are huge, and I love those Dutch panels. I think those are really valuable piece of information. I think as we check our body fluids in different ways, I would say to my clients, there is not a body fluid that's sacred. Right. Every, everyone tells us something, and I will be checking. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> But I think hemoglobin A1C, of course, and the DHEAS for your adrenal marker, mm-hmm. and um, IGF-1, looking at a growth hormone, yes. and HSCRP, highly sensitive C-reactive protein or cardio C-reactive protein are valuable. So those are just four additional tests Mm -hmm. that I think, and your vitamin D 25 hydroxy. Yes. So those are five additional tests that are really key markers. And then also an iron panel too. That's huge. I think, especially if you are having recurrent periods, maybe you're in this perimenopausal time and your periods are really, really heavy and they're happening a lot more frequently. It's definitely possible you could have low iron and that's a big part of everything as well. So good stuff. And I'll, and I'll also put in the show notes, um, all those little tests that we mentioned. So if you guys go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com, you can find the information about the podcast there. And also too, we forgot to mention you have a quiz for patients or for listeners to fill out and kind of see if this is something that they're dealing with for themselves. So you can get that quiz over at drlaurennoel.com forward slash magic. So it's D-R-L-A-U-R-E-N noel.com forward slash magic. And that will be a quiz to kind of see, is this something, you know, you might kind of benefit from looking into doing some hormone support. Um, and tell, tell us a little bit about what that quiz is, doc. So it's your menopause report card. So how, how are you doing? Like, are you an A student? Are you the butterfly emerging from the cocoon? Or are you like, a mom? <laughs> You know, I mean, like, so, and, and so sad, but often it's also a good check-in, just the questions of the quiz, because it is, you know, it's a fun, very easy quiz. Won't take you a couple minutes, but it gives you a guideline. Okay. How really balanced are my hormones? How well am I doing this transition phase? You know, or if you're not in that transition phase, yes. Like, what can I look forward to? Like, am I on the right road? Am I an A student yet? 
And then um, otherwise, it's kind of an eye-opener because you've been living and struggling so long, you don't realize that you're really struggling, that you're really suffering. And the quiz helps you see that. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a good, it's a really good, fun little test to run yourself through. Mm, I think think ways to just always check in are, are really powerful because, like you said, a lot of these changes happen gradually over time and you sometimes forget how good you used to feel. So having that check-in of actually looking, okay, how are these actual symptoms? Oh my gosh, I didn't realize I have brain fog all the time. I have this, you know, midsection weight that's coming on. I'm having hot flashes. Maybe I didn't really notice what they were. So I think, you know, having that check-in is really, it's really valuable. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Doc. Well, I so appreciate your time. I love what you're up to and what you're doing in the world. I'm so happy to be any support in any way that I can. And um, just just love you so much. And I love hearing your, your Southern accent, the y'all. I love it. <laughs> so thanks for joining us and just giving us your time. It means a lot. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon. entertainment designed just for you then check out customizable streaming tv from xfinity it makes your life simple easy awesome xfinity gives you customizable streaming tv options enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your tv with x1 go to xfinity.com call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more restrictions apply North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.